It's snacking and get cracking with a snack that packs a protein punch. Pistachios are known for their protein power, fiber, and better for you unsaturated fats for a combination that may help you keep feeling fuller longer. Wonderful Pistachios is a good source of protein with zero gill. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. I love that they come in a variety of sizes and flavors, making this the perfect protein snack for any on-the-go adventure. Check out wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more about how these little green wonders can power up your day. Good morning and welcome back to the Flow Track Podcast. My name is Lincoln Shrike. He is Gordon Mack, and he just recently woke up. Gordon, great to great to have you here. And uh sorry to uh to cut short your your slumber there. How are you doing today? Yeah, this is the quickest uh going live to opening up my eyes podcast I've ever done. I literally mm-hmm. woke up at like two minutes ago. So Wow. This is my this is what I look up. This is what I look like right when I wake up. Yeah. Well, you sleep with a hat on? No, I put the hat on for a reason because my uh, hair okay. is all over the yeah, place. Yeah, bad head. Yeah. Well, I in my own way too, I I overslept. I I was in bed until like 8:25, so that that was pretty late for me. So we are uh we're in a Friday zone right now. It feels like we both stayed up late watching the Nick Foles experience, which was a little rocky to begin with, and then the 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 uh, ship got back on track, and the Bears got a win. So I'm feeling pretty good. The Bears might be the worst four and one team in the NFL history, but I'll, I will uh, take it. We are here to talk a little cross country. Gordon, news trickling out yesterday that NAU and BYU are both set to compete next weekend at the Oklahoma State Invitational. What's your first reaction to the top two teams in the country, or at least from last year, uh, duking out in this weird season, which we didn't even think would we would have these two teams competing? Yeah, it's exciting, right? We, we didn't know we would get something like this, but now we know we will. Um, it's kind of interesting. I mean, we've had a, a few teams or – conferences like conferences now saying like oh yeah you can go run a, a race or two because mm-hmm. it is kind of weird seeing a lot of these cross-country schools sit on the sidelines while we have all these meets like we just had a meet two days ago uh in Cary, north carolina you know nc state versus north carolina versus virginia i believe so uh it's nice that these other teams that we thought we're gonna have to just sit this one out are now allowed to go play cross country. You know, that's what we get to see. We can see some teams play cross country. Now this meet that we're going to see in on October 17th, I believe is Saturday. I'm wondering what the field's going to be because right now I know that Kansas state, Oklahoma, Oklahoma state and UTEP are all going to be there, but that's it right now. We're adding BYU and NAU, which makes this meet like, de facto who who would have won right i mean what can we take away from a result uh, during a regular season where they're really not having a season but they kind of are like what what are we going to be able to take away from this matchup between BYU and NAU you think well that's a good question i uh, i want to throw in there i i do think and because they've run a race uh, this being Oklahoma State and on their home course, I don't think we should completely discount the possibility that Oklahoma State could win this meet. Having a, a fully, you know, a strong Isai Rodriguez up front, having a Ryan Smeaton, I think it's a better team than many are giving credit for. I don't know. It's hard to tell exactly who NAU is going to have. They mentioned Abdahamid Nur. They mentioned Drew Bosley. 
Um, we don't know. We're taking for granted the thought that, okay, are they going to have, you know, are they going to have Nico Young? Are they going to have Luis Grijalva? Are they going to have all these guys? I think if there's any time to redshirt people, it could be this year. I know it doesn't, I, I say redshirt. I know this doesn't count against eligibility. So if there's anybody, any time to not race people, it might, might be right now as you prepare for a potential March cross country championship. So we'll see when the fields, fields come out and in the entries, if this is going to be something on par with a, a uh, encore to the NCAA championships, I assume we'll get good fields if both these teams are coming, but we don't know that for sure. Um, I, I just think it's going to be a three-team battle, not a two-team battle. Yeah. Well, I don't think we're going to get any B teams out there. Like, I don't think BYU and NAU are going to fly to Stillwater just to go run a B team in the middle of a pandemic. Like, they're going to do it because they, they really feel they they need a you know, they're doing it really for yeah. the kids in a, in a way because I'm yeah. sure these coaches are struggling to figure out what's the motivation for all these Pac-12 schools, these Big Sky, these – West Coast Conference schools, you're like, what can we do to get them to, like, stay focused? I mean, you're telling them they're going to have a championship in March. It's it's October, you know? Like, that's the equivalent of that's the equivalent of it being what? What's October to March? That's, what, six months? Five months. Five right? months. Five months. So that's like telling um, – try to do quick math that's like june it's like june right now for these cross-country yeah. teams right so it's like literally there some people are probably like not normally this is the time when they wouldn't even be running right so it's kind of hard for based on the schedule of when to peak right so um i think that I think we're gonna get the best that we can from these two teams so I don't know. You yep. you like to think you like putting Oklahoma State in the mix, but I really think it's not even going to be a question. It's going to be, well, you know, a dual meet in my in my mind. Yeah. Um, well, just dating back to what you were saying about that's weird at this time relative to the championships to be competing. I mean, I think coaches, for one, are going to kind of treat it like a late track season so you would have some athletes competing in june and they can get re-geared up for a later season and then two nothing really is guaranteed given this pandemic um it could get worse and and therefore that could postpone or cancel the champ the you know the cross-country championships in march so i think any opportunity to compete you just have to you have to take it knowing the uncertainty uh when i talk about oklahoma state yes i realize that they didn't compete against a team anywhere close to a BYU or an NAU when they had the Cowboy Jamboree last weekend. Um, but, or maybe it was two weekends ago. I, I get, no, it was last weekend. I, I mean, they put, well, let's see here, five guys in the top seven against a pretty good Iowa State team. I just think on this home course, which is way different than anything that we are used to seeing, uh, like a like a Terre Haute or, or Wisconsin, I think it's going to be a factor. I, I really do. And you also have NAU and BYU coming in cold. Sure, they've been practicing and running. Connor Mance in August ran a really nice 10K. I don't know. I just think it's it's going to be a nice litmus test for this Oklahoma State team to see how good they are. Dave Smith, obviously quite biased, but said this is one of his better teams he's ever had. Well, I tend to believe a guy who's – I don't think he's full of it just because this is his team this year. I I, I tend to believe him, and we'll, we'll get a really – good idea of what this team is made of when they face 
the the top two teams from last year. I, I do want to ask ask you, and I can guess what you're going to say, but who would you pick here? Assuming all these teams are at full strength, and NAU is going to have Nico Young, and you know BYU is going to have Connor Mance. Like, who who do you think is going to come out on top in this 8K race? NAU, I think. Uh, yeah, I think they have too much firepower. I mean, BYU, they have like those people coming off of injuries and red shirts or Mormon missions. Uh, I mean, Connor showed that he's in shape by running that 10K a few months ago. Uh, so not that I thought Connor was not going to – Connor's going to finish top three in this race no matter what. Uh, but the Casey Klingers and the Clayton Shumways, you don't know what you're going to get from them. Yes, they're, they're going to be yeah. solid, but – you know what you're going to get from like a Luis Grijalva or uh, Abdi Hamid Nur or a Drew Bosley because they've been consistent since since they've been at NAU. So um, I think that NAU just has a lot more knowns than BYU. And I think because they have more knowns, that's why they would win. And, you know, this Oklahoma okay. State thing, I mean, look if you look at the results, though, I mean – Yes, they put their five in the top seven, but their number two guy got beat by thirty seconds. So and maybe that was they could maybe that was a, have the a pr- they could on easily purpose have their number. Situation. Well, I'm saying they could easily have all of NAU and BYU finish ahead of Isai Rodriguez, like based on yeah, but the way that race let's give Rodriguez a little credibility because he did finish fourth two years ago at NCAA Cross. I know he's dealt with injuries since then, but like. I think this guy can turn it on, and we don't. M- maybe there was a chance he was just trying to work with his teammates and let the Iowa State kid go. I mean, we don't know if, if it was just Isai, If it was just a random Oklahoma State guy that got second, I would be like maybe. But this is a guy who is win at his best is one of the best cross country runners in the nation. So I, I think he deserves a little bit more sway than maybe would we would give it someone otherwise. I do want to let's talk about because we're really diving deep into this. We don't have a ton else to talk about. Kevin and I already recapped the old uh, world record day. So not you, a ton uh, else going on. What's up? Have you, have you taken out a second job to pay me my, no, my I gotta, I gotta send you your 26. I got to send you your $26 and 17 cents. Um, may come for my wife's Venmo. Um, just, <laughs> just FYI. Uh, <laughs> Let's let's try to lay out the top five finishers for this meet because it's interesting, right? There's obviously a bunch of you know huge huge names that could that could run in this. We also potentially have the collegiate debut of Nico Young. We have Casey Klinger's first race in a BYU jersey since like what 2017. Uh, there's a lot to unpack here, and I know on. If in normal circumstances this would just be a regular midseason meet and we wouldn't really worry about it, but given the fact that the championship course and these two teams haven't faced off since they battled at NCAA's last year, and given the COVID situation, this is just going to take on a lot more weight. So let's try to unpack the top five individual finishers from this meet. Let's try to predict because I think it's a tough job. I. Can we both agree that Connor Mance is probably the favorite to finish first? Yeah. Yeah. I would say the Luis Grijalva is going to have a reason to go for it. I mean, he mm-hmm. this guy has a lot of pepped up uh, energy uh, after 
you know, this disappointing cross-country championship. And then he was on fire all indoor and then just got taken away from him. Goes out and runs like a, a crazy sub four or four flat at 7,000 feet the day of the NCAA championships. So I think he has a lot of pepped up energy that I think he's going to be the one that I, I think Luis Cajalva would win. But oh, wow. I'm willing to give you a Connor Mance, top returner, ran a good 10K. He's healthy. You know, I'm willing to go Mance one, Grijalva two. Um, okay, I could I could hear Grijalva on, on on number two. That's that's fine. He did run seven forty three, and was on fire indoors. Um, third place. This is where I think things start to get interesting. I would be tempted to put Rodriguez here, but I could also listen to a Drew Bosley, an Abdi Hamid Nur, um, somebody, I, maybe even a Klinger. I, I, who do you think would be is is the third place finisher in the, at this meet? Yeah, I, I probably Abdi Hamid Nur, I would think. Uh, but Isai, you know what? Let's put Isai Rodriguez up there. Okay. I mean, he is going to be on his home course. He uh, got his rust buster out of the way. We preseason ranked Isai Rodriguez third in the nation. So, hey, let's uh, let's put him up in there. So, yeah, I'll go Mance, then Grijalva, then Rodriguez. So, the, all the number one sticks finish in the top three. It's a good four mm-hmm. to see. That's kind of how you want it to play out, right? You want all teams to still be in it after the first three spots. So right. I would like to say this Wesley Kip two kid who is undefeated beat Eastside Reed Rodriguez by like 30 seconds. We preseason ranked him sixth. I just want to pat myself on the back a little bit. Good job. Is I was taking to be at this meet? Be be at this meet? I looked up their schedule again. Unfortunately I don't think so. But oh, here's okay. the thing. That would change things. Here's the yeah. thing. Here's the thing. A lot of these teams changed last minute. Like Iowa State yeah. wasn't supposed to be at Cowboy Jamboree, but then they showed up. So mm-hmm. we'll see what happens. Um, there's a lot of meets going on th- this weekend of this meet. You have Alabama's hosting a meet, UAB's hosting a huge meet, and then you have a bunch of other like Texas A&M has a meet. So that's where Texas is going to go. All the North Carolina and Virginia both have meets. So. We're not going to be able to see a bunch of teams. It's really going to be a three-team battle. Two-team in my mind, but three for the sake of it. Two and a half. There you go. Two and a half team. But yeah, I don't really I, I want to see if Kip 2 is for real. He, lo- he looked to be for real last weekend at, at the Jamboree by winning by 30 seconds. But, uh, you know, could we have back-to-back Iowa State national champions? That would be wild. Um, but we'll we'll have to wait on that. Uh, just quickly, let's fill out the the rest of our top five. Um, we've mentioned Mance, we've mentioned Grijalva, Rodriguez, four and five. I got to think you're you're thinking uh, Bosley and Nur in some order. Yeah, I would say Bosley, Nur, and then I'll put a Klinger sixth, maybe. Yeah. Do you? What do you? What What would you expect from Nico Young here if he does make his collegiate debut? It's a tough course. I mean, I would have, I would assume he'd be in their top five. I feel like they yeah. wouldn't bother uh, shipping him across the country just to be their seventh man. You know, I think he'd finish top five. And if you're top five on NAU, you're probably going to finish at least top ten in this race, right? So, mm-hmm. 
I don't know. It's it's going to be interesting what this kid becomes because we know he was good in high school and he was running all on fire. And you, you just want to know, like, if they took Drew Bosley, Drew Bosley became a, a top 25 guy. And he was like a third of what Nico Young was in, in high school. Yeah. Right? Literally, he was 20. So he, he had a bad race, but he was 22nd at NXN his senior year, a race which Nico Young, Young completely dominated in, in 2019. Obviously, that's yeah. apples to oranges. It doesn't always work like that. But Nico Young is a prospect that I don't think we've seen in a number of years. Every year, there's all-stars that come out obviously and they go to the big programs but i think young having run that 1348 or whatever he ran in the 5000 having run that 759 i think he's a different caliber and i think his best his best aspect of his game is cross country um i it wouldn't surprise me you know seeing drew bot what drew bosley did it wouldn't surprise me if nico young is in their top two i think he's that that good i think he's on par maybe even better than newer and and bosley obviously they had the advantage of of a year in the program and have run, having run a bunch of collegiate races including NCAA championships but young is a different level than those guys uh at least coming in coming in from high school and it would not surprise me if he's a huge factor right away I mean, I'm trying to look into this. Let's let's go back to 2012. 2012, the top uh, American uh, U.S. U.S. high school athlete was uh, Futsum, who finished 31st for NAU. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. It's kind of fun looking at these 2012 results. You got some great names in there. You got Tom Farrell, Mo, Mo Ahmed finished eighth. Got Paul Chalimo finished 10th. Jared Ward finished 14th. Shadrach Kachurcher finished 18th. Chris O'Hare, 20th. Man, Scott Fobble, 26. Who would have thought that all these people in this top 20... It's like crazy to see, like, David Rooney beat Paul Chalimo in 2012 in cross country, and then four years later, Paul Chalimo is this Olympic silver medalist in the 5K. It's just, like, crazy to look at college results Things, all right so life comes at you fast you know i'm trying i'm trying to look at top freshmen so in 2012 top freshman was i mean anthony rochish was good but for the sake of argument let's just look at um well what about US 2013 didn't ben sorrell yeah. 2013 ben yeah. sorrell was top 10 yeah so 2013 I mean, i'm looking at the results cheserek won well okay cheserek was Sorry. one Ben Sorrell was eighth. Yeah. Okay. Ben Sorrell was eighth. Pat Tiernan, which we won't count again, was ninth, but he was a freshman. So, I mean, Ben Sorrell, Chesrek, we can call a unicorn in this situation because I don't think we think he's a young Chesrek yet. He's a different case. Uh, So, if Ben Sorrell was eighth, so that's maybe, is Nico Young a Ben Sorrell? That could be. He's a better Ben Sorrell. He's a Ben Sorrell uh, extra. With extra guac, I think uh, he's he's better than that. So I, I I just will be fascinated to see if they if they run him here. I I think he he's not going to be you know up with Connor Mance. I don't think if he is, that's probably a mistake, and he's uh, ignored the advice of Mike Smith. But I I this he's very aggressive racer. He's going to be amped to run his first college race after having to wait, you know, a few months after getting on campus. All these guys are going to be excited because the racing opportunities are just so few and far between. I, I I really really hope we get to see him here, 
and see what he's made of in, in, a, in a very tough collegiate debut on a hard, hard course. I can tell you this course is uh, it's different than when I ran on it because the wood chips have been eliminated. The, the little like the cattle guards or whatever you had to hop over and are gone and they, they've widened this course. But it is a hilly monster and it, it challenges you from from start to, to finish. So this is going to be fun. I know we were texting last night a little bit. J- joking about maybe making the drive over to to Stillwater. I don't know if they're allowing media, but this is going to be one to one to view. I I don't know if they have a live stream for this or anything. This is uh, I don't know. We got to get things something figured out here. Yeah, they're not going to have a live stream. Let's be honest. Uh, uh, the only people who are going to live cross country is going to be us. Uh, oh, but we're not. Oh, is that it. who does it? I'm, oh, okay. Yeah, we're the only ones who know how to do it. Uh, oh. Grant Fisher was 17th, and then the next year he came top. I think maybe Nico Young is going to be – he finishes 20th freshman year, and then sophomore year he's a perennial top mm-hmm. five, top ten guy. That's what I think mm-hmm. he's going to become. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, let's talk about covering this meet. We live six and a half hours. Yeah. We road tripping. Is, is your wife going to allow is, – is Kevin's wife going to allow us to road trip? Yeah, that's a good question. I got we got to figure out. Probably the answer to that is no. But why not? You know, the new baby has a, two children at home. It's just watching. You know, maybe I could here's a, drive up in the middle of the night and then come back the same day. Just like twelve hours of driving in one day. Just get like twelve interviews and and uh, and then flip it flip it right around. I don't know. I I, yeah, we, I feel like we'd want, we can we'd want to record the race though for the fans out there. Get on the get yeah. On the front. So no, this will do. What time does your, your children go to bed? Your children go to bed, what, at 8? Eight? 8. Yeah. Yeah, so 8 o'clock, I come to your house, knock on the door, pick you up. We drive six hours, so we get there by 2 a.m., right? Take a quick nap yeah. in the car. Race starts it's at quick. 9 a.m. Race starts at 9 a.m., so we can get a good five hours, six hours. Or maybe we get a, go to a motel, 6 or 8, whatever. Get some six hours of rest. They'll Record the, the races at 9. You. Record the races at 9. Get some mm-hmm. interviews, film people doing the warm-ups, and get some great coverage. Then we're back on the road by two, and then we're home by eight. So no fatigue, no fatigue. You would just yeah. be gone. You would just be gone from your children's lives from like for twenty-four hours for the workday. It's like coming home late for work. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll see. That's a good case. I feel like that's a good case. We we shall see. We got to see if media is going to be allowed. Uh, you know, are we going to have to stay six feet away? I, I, I would, you know, the athletes are going to get tested. So that's, that's plus, but I don't know if it's going to be, be in a field. It's going to be in a field, bro. They're not going to have like COVID security guards and high. It's not going to be like the NBA bubble. It's, it's a cross country course. People are going to be able to walk yeah. around. COVID wherever security guards. Is that a thing? Is that a job like, in COVID security guards? I'm sure it is some places. Yeah. But I really think you need to consider this 8 p.m. Drive. We could vlog it. Yeah. We could turn it into a great opportunity. Think about there all the go. coffee you'll be allowed to drink on the trip. You oh, love man. coffee. I do love coffee. I've already had two cups this morning. I'm feeling pretty good. So you're 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 tempting me here. Um, yeah, we've we've got to strongly consider this. How much weight will you give whoever wins this? Is this like if if NAU wins this, are you like okay, they've atoned for their loss last year, or is this just another meet? You know. That's the thing. I don't know, right? Because if they do lose, you're definitely going to be like, oh, they're only going to be good for 
I feel like the most yeah. pressure is on NAU, right? Because if they do lose, it's going to be like really like annoying because then they have to wait even longer for them to redeem themselves. Um, right. I mean, you can't put any weight on it, right? Because it's a random October meet. But us mentally with the itch for cross-country content and just wanting to see competition between great athletes, we're going to want to put a lot of weight on it, even though we shouldn't, but we will just as fans. <laughs> And I will, in my rankings, I'll put a lot of weight on it. I updated the COVID era rankings. Oh, wow. You know, I need so... to check this out. And this will have a big, this is going to take a sledgehammer to your COVID rankings, I guess. Oh, yeah. Well, it, it should at least. But then again, if it's not, if you're not counting previous performance, oh, yeah, Wesley Kip too, baby, number one. So um, Oklahoma State is now ranked third because they ran a team. So this now includes the Cowboy Jambro Lee results. So the team rankings goes Notre Dame, Arkansas, Oklahoma State, Iowa State, Syracuse. So, wow, Missouri, a Missouri athlete, top of the women's rankings. I've never heard of her. Sarah Chapman. She just destroyed all the Arkansas women. So, you're gonna bada boom. That helps you out. That's Notre Dame big. right now is looking good in these rankings because they've only run once, and they ran in a, a like a a chill. Notre Dame dual meet. Uh, but yeah. once we see Notre Dame run one more time, I think we'll be able to kind of spread out those their top seven guys. But They were supposed to run at Louisville, and then they, they didn't. I'm not sure what happened there. Uh, according, apparently, one of the teammates was considered a contract traced with someone else who got COVID. So Classic. Out of precaution, they didn't. Well, Notre Dame's president was messing around at the uh, the infected White House, so you know it's not like they had a great example to start with. Um, what else? What else do we have to to talk about? You got any other? You got any other track things to talk about? Do we just keep diving into this? I don't know how many ways we can dissect this BYU NAU meet. Um, I'm just excited for it. Yeah, I'm excited for it. Uh, I thought you you would dunk more on my rankings, but I feel like you've been dunking on the rankings since I've been making rankings since 2014. It's a classic. Uh, it's a it's a it is a tradition unlike any other. Me just dunking on your <laughs> your rankings. They're going to change big time after this weekend, right? Or after next weekend, I should say. Yeah, they would. Yeah, because we'll have more teams racing again. Um, it'll be interesting. There was some some news, some pro news that hit the wire. Mm. Um. The Tokyo Marathon has been moved to October. So normally this meet this 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 uh as in a year from now? Yeah. So normally it's in February or March or early March, I think is when it normally yeah. is. So the 2021 marathon is now going to be in the fall, which means five of the six major marathons next year will all be in the fall, you have Berlin on September 26th. Then you have London on October 3rd. Then you have Chicago on October 10th, Tokyo, October 17th, and New York, November 7th. Hmm. Well, I can't think that so Tokyo, I, I can't help but think that Tokyo will get the short end of the stick there with the top name athletes. I mean, I think they're used to being kind of the least of the majors. Kipchoge doesn't go there. Bekele, those types of athletes don't run there. And the women's race, usually not as high profile either. And now they're really going to feel that that effect. Yeah, I mean, this was what was promised, not Tokyo, but this was kind of what was promised 
this fall when everything got pushed back with COVID. Obviously, a year later, we assume or we hope, you know, a vaccine will be out and situations will be different. At worst, race directors will see what happened with London and be like, well, we can at least do that to have an elite race. But, you know, it's funny because this is what we were. We had all these fall races lined up and then Chicago, Boston, New York, uh, all got canceled. So hopefully we don't have that situation. But, uh, man, the countdown's on now, year out from Tokyo, the Tokyo Marathon. Obviously, I, I assume there was some Olympic considerations there as well, them having to navigate that around. When are we going to have this marathon in relation to, to the Olympic Games? Because uh, I know the, the, you know, the organizers aren't going to be the same people, but, but you, know, you want to make sure that that race is not conflicting with the buildup to, to the Olympics. Yeah, and uh, so right now only Boston is not going to be in the fall. Boston's still scheduled for April, the third Monday of April, but Boston still has a chance to like change their mind. They haven't, you know, made any announcement either way. They're quote studying the situation. They're they're mm. they're studying the situation. I mean, the Houston half marathon and full marathon, which normally is in January, that was canceled to go virtual. So. But here's the thing, like, it. The only reason it's being canceled is because they're all like community events, right? They have these big expos and they have all these people running, sure. right? In reality, though, like, if it's an elite field, it is super doable to do. It's you can, you can find a closed course the way London did it, and only have 20 women and 20 men and just make sure hey yeah, i just think still in the hotel for a week and then we're good you know yeah is it financially worth it though to do it i mean is it like how much money are you losing uh by just doing that maybe london is in a better position than other marathons to you know you're making your money off the mass fields and and is it worth it just to, to have those um i guess the answer is yes for well, no, we don't know that. I mean, the no, answer was yes for London, London but we don't, we don't know that. I assume all these races are going to be thinking we're going to have mass fields back. But there's no obvious time when, you know, we're in this period until a, a uh, at least in the U.S., we're in this period until a vaccine comes out. And we just don't know. You know, we've been told, oh, it's coming soon. And, you know, we, we just don't know when exactly that's going to be. And I, I you know. So these these events happening again, even a year on, are still dependent on that, in my opinion. Yeah. One thing I was thinking about the other day, I was talking to a coach. Uh, you know how all these coaches are like, what's this deal with March cross country on the same weekend as indoor championships? What are you going to do? You know, a lot of coaches would be like, you know, I think uh, Joe Franklin was quoted by Runner's World saying, you know, likely someone like Kaladi would probably run the 5K on Friday and then run on Monday the 6K cross-country championships, right? Makes sense, I guess. <laughs> Good old double. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, a lot of – the one thing I'm thinking about is obviously the elephant in the room is that there's a good chance indoors would get canceled and then cross-country right. won it, right, because cross-country is outdoors. But I was thinking about this. I don't think there ever is going to be a moment when they cancel indoors. Even I think it's going to be like self-canceled in a weird way because I don't think there's going to be meets for these schools to go to get times in. 
It's going to be a really yeah. weird, like someone has got to raise their yeah. hand in like February and be like, Hey guys, we can't run anywhere. <laughs> right. Because I don't think, you know, cause in the NCA's mind, the, they don't really worry about the regular season. It's just like, are we having that championship on that March weekend? Right. We just need to worry about that date. Right. But they're not really thinking about like indoors in NCA's mind is March. But indoors in all these college coaches' minds is mid-January. That's when it is. And it's like a right. two-month process. So yeah. do you think we're going to have like two to three weeks of like coaches struggling to find races to get their kids to run in? No, I don't think anyone's going to struggle because I think it's going to be coming completely obvious at, from the beginning at the outset or even in December, that there's not going to be any meets available. No one's going to want to host a meet that's going to become a super spreader event. Unless you're going to test everybody the day before. And even then, I mean, uh, you know, we, I, I don't see that happening. Uh, no, I think indoor is going to be canceled or not, maybe not canceled, but just like you said, there's going to be a lack of meets and maybe it's not ever formally canceled. The championships up until a month before, a couple weeks before, but once it becomes clear that nobody's going to have qualifying marks, or at least there's only going to be a few people that are going to have qualifying marks, uh, it's not going to happen. And we talked to Dave Smith. He didn't think indoor was going to happen. Obviously, he has incentive to say that because he wants his meet to go on, on on March 15th and doesn't want indoors to affect that at all. But I tend to agree with that. We know that indoors is much, much uh, dicier than, than outdoors when it comes to coronavirus. So I just don't think we're going to have anything in January because nothing's going to change as far as the, as far as the pandemic. So who's going to want to host a meet? Who's going to have all the resources well, in place? Indoors is, is about quantity, it, you know, meets, meets, uh, happen when there are a thousand entries are we just going to really really scale it back and say only a certain caliber of athlete can compete indoors we're not going to have you you joe schmoes compete because you add to the number and increase the possibility of, of infection i don't know how that works I, I i guess i guess that's possible but then again still you still have to have you know tests you still have to social distance you can only have a certain amount amount of people in there I, I just think it's a lot of rules for in that track maybe maybe doesn't have the infrastructure to handle uh at, at different meets all across the country yeah i just think that like let's look at this in 2014 there was a arkansas versus texas dual meet all right and it was hosted by arkansas Let's uh, bring up the results. We'll just go. We'll just look at the men's results and then double it for women. But there was twelve people in this. There was twelve people in the sixty, eight people in the two hundred, five people in the four hundred, six five people in the eight hundred, four in the one k, five in a mile, four in the three k, ten in the sixty hurdles. Right, like. There was no more than – there was less than 10 people in every event. In most events, it was five to seven when you even throw in the throws. That's still a lot jumps, of people. Right? I mean, that's still going to add up. Yeah, that's fine, but that's still going to add up to hundreds of people. Maybe not hundreds, yeah, but, here's but the thing. possibly it's, hundred people. Are they going to stay outside teams, while their events are happening? Yeah, but it's that's still a lot of people. But, those, but these two teams have been practicing together, right? Like, it's not like you have – a group of Arkansas athletes that all have been like 
testing themselves every week or so and are only hanging out with each other. And you have Texas people who are testing themselves and only hang out with each other. And then it's just so true. It's not like you're having a bunch of like parents and children and and other individuals from all over the country. It's just like two 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 clusters, or not cl- two groups coming together, right? Into a facility that, you know, that was already people were only the Arkansas track team or people were allowed in there. So I just feel like it's possible to do like dual meets. It's possible. I just don't. Yeah. We'll, we'll if, see. I mean, if you I can have, a, if you can have a basketball game, you'll be able to have yeah, that. It's, it seems possible. The incentive to have basketball over indoor track and field is significantly different. Um, I am less optimistic. However, you know, in the state of Florida, they just approved full. Basically, the, the state of Florida can return to normal. I think that's idiotic. Oh. But if they wanted nah. to, the J- Jacksonville Jaguars, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, full stadium of fans. That seems, like I said, idiotic. But I suppose if other states follow that and coaches are just like, whatever, I want to have indoor track. I don't care about the concerns. I mean, we could just see a country that just returns to normal, you know, health be damned, safety be damned. So m- maybe it wouldn't surprise me. There's been stranger things that have that have gone against the logic as far as health concerns go. Um, but I, if you are trying to follow safety to its full extent, I, I, uh, I, I just don't even know if it, at a dual meet is, is possible unless you have the testing infrastructure in place. Maybe you do, maybe you do, but I don't know. Indoors is going to look a lot different in my, you know, at best and at worst, I don't know if it's going to even happen. I mean, I did see uh, a report uh, within like the first month of college's meeting and having whatever, there were 70,000 COVID cases and only three of them were hospitalized, which yeah, yeah, is yeah. A, and again, again, the court, it's not that. And we, as we know, the the thing is the health of um other you grandma. know affected groups. Yeah, of grandma, of of uh, vulnerable. Well, what if you tell the kids, hey, Pardon, how many of these so. college kids are are in their dorm with their grandma? You know, I'm not, well, I mean, if you had grandma not, in your dorm, Lincoln, when you're what yeah. do you think that would be like having grandma be your college roommate as a sophomore in college? That'd be wild. Grandma would be great at parties. Uh, but that's oh. what I'm, you know, well, don't, you don't go to the coffee shop, right? It's, it's just like, oh well, yeah, you can't count on college kids to do that. Yeah. We'll see. It, 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 I think it depends less on, it might depend less on the, like I was saying, the infrastructure in place. It may just depend on more of our attitude towards this. If we become, this deferential to it as a country that it's like, well, nobody's getting actually getting sick. Then maybe we compete. Cause I mean, we, I, I don't know. I, you know, there's a chance not in the pro sports, but in other, and in, in college sports, there's gotta be a chance that as some athletes are competing that have coronavirus or are still infectious and are asymptomatic. Um, unless every meet is testing to the extent it's not like high school kids are getting tested to the, you know, to the extent that, that professionals are no, n- there, there's going to be gaps in in the testing, and, and you start to wonder, is that going to extend to the NCAA level where they're just going to be like, whatever, you can compete, you know? And uh, that's concerning to me, but if it seems like a lot of people are, let's just get life back to normal and not, not worry about this. Um, and I could see that maybe 
trickling into InstaBlaze ports. Hey, if I can see an Arkansas-Texas dual meet in the <laughs> on a Friday twilight in, in February, it's worth it. It's worth it. <laughs> we, Who, who'd you uh, take in that Arkansas-Texas dual meet, man? Who'd you take? I mean... I, What's the over-under? That's many, good. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's exciting to think about in October. Um, <laughs> you, you gotta, you gotta go with Texas. I think this, this, this new Texas team. Um, although I was going to this is off topic. Kiernan Tuntavat was supposed Tuntavate was supposed to be on Texas's roster. And then I don't see him on their roster anymore. The Harvard transfer. Do you have any indication what happened there? I can text the coach. Mm-hmm. Maybe I, maybe I just I think missed him. I'll text a coach and we'll find out. It's not a Texas source. Of, it's not a... Let me just make sure. Hold on. Roster. This is great podcast material. Yeah, he's not on the roster anymore. Um, right. Well, I was going to say, I think there's another meet coming up. Track me. I thought. Way. Yeah, I thought whatchamacallit was. Excuse me. I thought um, the world record meet was the finale. All right, he just, mm. just got—he won't oh, be on. Uh, Kiernan won't be on the roster till next semester. Makes he doesn't um. need to go to school right now. He only has outdoor, so he's going to uh. enroll in the and he'll he enrolls in the spring. Boom. Got it. So I know you're reading a, a rumor on the internet. It's not true. <laughs> All right, so there's a meet on October 10th, which is tomorrow. Mm-hmm. We're going to get some fast 5Ks and 10Ks. You ready for this? What, it's, what, yeah. I'm like, in Hengelo. Read me the names. The Hengelo meeting. Hold on. Oh, Hengelo. Yeah. Who we Hengelo got? Hengelo meeting. All right. I got uh, – it's hard to get these. All right. Here we go. It's uh, – I got Euro meeting. Trying to find the result. This is awesome. This is this incredible. Is, this is – intriguing content it's high quality listening experience well i there's a what's what's like that european athletics they have like all the meets wow. it's really f- hard to find meet so, okay events and meetings hold up we got this keep listening if you're listening just keep listening we're gonna get this yeah we're do so it. So it's on it's tomorrow. Hengelo. What the? What country is Hengelo in? Netherlands? Yeah, I think so. Yep, Netherlands. It's a city in the eastern part of the Netherlands in the province of Overgezel. Overgezel. Elevation 59 feet, low elevation. Okay, so here we go. Safan Hassan, Faith Kipiegan, Yomif Kajelcha, Tashe Gamuchu. So we're getting uh, three events. It's a 1K, a 10K, 1K and a 10K for the women, and a 5K for the men. So is Hassan, is Hassan in the 10? What's she in? Hassan's in the 10, Kipiegan's in the, in the 1K, and Kajelcha and Stuart McSwain are in the 5K. Boom. We got Big. some to talk about. It's tomorrow. <laughs> What do you think we're going to see uh, Hassan do in this 10K? I'm guessing 
Will she be going for a world record in the 10, maybe? I, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I don't think she's going to run 29 17. Uh, I would need it to have a little bit more uh, build yeah. up, a little bit more PR if she was going to truthfully go for that. I think eventually she's capable of that, but maybe we see if she uh, can break 30 minutes. Only eight women in, or excuse me, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six. Only seven women in history have broken 30 minutes. So that would be significant for her to to do that. We know she's the reigning 10,000 meter world champion. So uh, she's only run two 10Ks in her entire life. So still kind of getting used to the, the distance, but you figure somebody who can run a four flat last 1500 meters can, can go pretty fast. Uh, did you say who else is in that field? Um, is Obiri in that field? In a 10 K field? I don't know who, I mean, I'm don't have like entries. I'm just looking at like a press release. Oh, um, okay. Good. But Kip Yegon has said she's going for the world record in the one K. She's tried this to be her third try. Her, she really wants try. this one K record for some reason. I know. Everyone needs that 1K record, man. It's huge. It's all about the 1K. And then Kajelcha and McSween are in the 5K. Kajelcha has kind of fallen off a bit. What do you, is Kajelcha ever going to be the Kajelcha of like 20? No, I don't know if he's when fallen he off. He was on fire in 2019 indoors. He did get silver in the 10,000 and was, you know, kicking with Chep the guy in the last 100. He got beat. But I mean, I wouldn't yeah. worry about Kajelcha. He's, yeah, he's not. Joshua Chep, the guy, nobody else is, but he's still very, very good. And it, obviously, the when you're coached by Alberto Salazar, and then he gets banned, and he's got to find a new. I think he's being coached by Tim Roberry now. Uh, it uh, things have have changed a little bit for him and Safana San, and I think you've seen them be affected by that. Uh, so I would expect him to bounce back and eventually. You know, he may never be on the heater he was in 2019 when he ran 347 indoors, but Kajalka is still Kajalka. He's, he's very strong. I'm wondering why these, uh, so yeah, I mean, Kajalka probably what over under 13 flat is you think he's out there to just go run like a 1305 or is he out there to try to run a fast 1250 type? Well, it just depends on who else is in there. McSwain's in very good shape. McSwain's run 330, 728 and something else. So, That'll be a good test for for Kajelka. Now, it's mid October now, and I, you know I don't know what relevance this meet really has, but you know it'll be good to see those two those two uh, former NOP athletes there in in Kajelka and and Hassan compete. Uh, but yeah, McSwain will be a great test for Kajelka. Yeah, so it should be a good meet. It's only three races, uh, but seeing Hassan go for a fast ten k will be exciting because. Like you said, she's only run it twice. Um, seeing Kipiegan go for the 1K one more time, maybe she's figured out the, the right pace she needs to do for that mid-200 meters between 600 and 800 to be perfect for that 1K. And then uh, Kajelcha McSwain um, in the 5K should be good. Yeah. I'm excited. She is. Uh, she's trying to run that 228.98. She ran 229.15 in Monaco, and then she ran 229.92 in Brussels. Really wants that mark. I don't know if she she wagered a big number that hey I'm gonna have this by the end of the year no problem and then she's like crap it's October I gotta find a 1K uh, so we shall see that'll be a fun one to kind of wrap up the season even though it seemed like the season kind of wrapped up with the in in World Record Day but 
thank goodness we have some cross country to replace uh, the void of track uh, coming up yeah. for us soon. So it's exciting. Some things to look forward to on the track and field ca calendar. That's that's uh, we we don't take that for granted anymore. All right, so yeah, that'll do it for us. He's Gordon Mack. I'm Lincoln Trike. Email us at flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com. We'll check in on those hopefully next week. Uh, until then, we will see you on Monday.